It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Perfect. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of One for One. I'm your host, Nolan Schumann, joined as always by my co-host, Miles Hooks. Miles, how you doing? Ho, 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 and a bottle of rum to you, Nolan, and a joyous Christmas season. Jack Sparrow I'm speaking to? Uh, Miles, I don't know. I want to make a Johnny Depp joke, but I don't know if I can or like what I can. If he's legally canceled or not. Yeah, he's yeah. kind of like fringe canceled, which is yeah. probably like the worst way to be canceled. Yeah, it's like Amber Heard's canceled, but also so is Johnny Depp. But the Johnny Depp fans believe that Johnny Depp is completely innocent. So it's but kind of it's a weird gray area. Johnny Depp is like the face of Dior Sauvage. Cologne. Yes, shredding so, shredding guitar in a in a in a desert plain. So he can't be canceled because he's making just stupid Sephora money. That's true. That's true. You got a fair point there. Uh, Nolan, we're getting close to uh, Krimbus, and we do have to, I guess, address uh, some questions that have been coming in. Um, you know, with the Christmas season comes the Christmas parties, comes the family stuff, comes the shopping. So we we apologize for this episode, um, you know, not coming to you sooner, but uh, also winning streak and didn't want to fuck with the mojo. So we're going to take that as an vote. Yeah, you don't want to mess with the vibes. You don't want to mess with the Juju, but not Juju Smith-Schuster. Actually, the last two games have been a little Smith-Schuster, if you ask me. Aha! Shit, hey! (laughs) P.U. So I know some people love Christmas, some people hate Christmas. We are going to ignore the Christmas talk until next episode. um, Because there's something that's a lot more important that I wanted to talk about. Um, Nolan and I have kind of been to get to give the folks at home an idea. We're recording here today on the 18th. It is a Monday, um, but we've been working on these notes for, I'd say a good week. We've got about a good week into them. Mm -hmm. And there was a topic, um, last week that for lack of a better term, controlled my life for about 48 hours. Nolan, have you seen the TikTok about owls? So we brought this or I brought this up or you brought this up to me before we started and I did not know what owl TikTok was. So you're going to have to, I feel like I've seen something about it, but I need you to remind me of what exactly pertains to owl TikTok. I would love to, because I, I am actually very much looking forward to your, to your answer here, because again, this, this, this dominated my life for about 48 hours and I had to ask 
basically everybody that I talked to, to this question. So it started with a TikTok that was sent to me by a friend of the show. For, forgive me for not remembering whom sent it originally because I passed it around like a <laughs> fleshlight at a college party. Oh my God. Can I say that? Yeah, that's that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, but that imagery is not great. But regardless, yeah. Um, the question was it was from a, a podcast. Uh, I don't know which one. Sorry, guys, for completely stealing your content, but it's funny and I love it. Um, how many owls would you have to see in a day to think like something's wrong? Do you know what I mean? Like how oh, many? Yeah, it's kind of like a yeah. black cat scenario. It's kind of like, like a black cat scenario, yeah. but it's funnier because it's owls. Because like, yeah. I don't know how many how many owls have you ever seen an owl before? Oh, dude, I've seen an owl. I, like owls are scary. They're scary. Like, they're, they're not even. There's not even a question. Uh, growing up on our farm, we had an owl that would it picked off our cats. Man, we had to. Yeah, like he he was a cat killer. Um, what? Yeah, he'd pick up cats and because we had a shitload of farm cats running around, right? And yeah, um, one day Father Lee and I were walking through the trees and we found uh, some some car guy sitting <laughs> sitting underneath the tree and we're like, holy fuck, this owl went in on him. Um, so owls confirmed scary. Um, I don't see very many owls. I see a few when I'm out and about in the country, but not not a lot. So the question that I'm like. And I'm not talking about like how many owls would you have to see where you're like, oh, this is strange. Like, how many would you have to see before you like you're calling your mom and you're like, I love you. I'm sorry for everything I did. Like, the world is ending and I'm terrified. How many owls would you have to see before you're worried? I think at least three because you don't. Yeah, I think three would probably be would probably be like the the low end of that because I've like I've seen like. I can probably count on one hand the amount of times I've seen an owl. You don't see them very often. Yeah, but it, it depends yeah. on regions too. So that's yeah. why I was curious to get an Eastern perspective on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say at least three. Um, yeah. do, just as a quick side note, I feel like we've talked about this on the pod before, but I can't remember. Did I ever send you that video of that guy that had an owl get into his house? <laughs> no. Uh-huh. Was it a big owl? I'll send it oh, to you. Oh fuck, it's... you did. He like runs through the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and he yeah, like okay, and he yeah. and he grabs it with like a swiffer or something like that. And then <laughs> yeah. throws it outside. He's like, ah! Yeah, dude. I, I don't know what I'd do if yeah. I had an owl in the house. I'd probably yeah. sell it. Yeah, no, I, I'm done. It's the same with like I hear of so many people having bats in their house. Ugh. Um and I've I've knock on all the wood I can find. I have never had the misfortune of having a bat in my home. So I I have no idea how, how that would even go, how you would even catch that thing. And yes, I, I know I, I work in the extermination business. I have no idea how to take care of an owl, but, or sorry, not an owl, a bat, but that's beside the point. Anyways, Miles, back to what you were saying about the owls. Yeah, I, I would, I think my, my owl number is, is six. Oh, I think if I saw six owls in a day, I'd be like, something is fucking wrong. Yeah. The yeah. mist is coming. <laughs> like the movie. Yes, I have seen that movie, actually. That is a shocker. I, dude, I know. <laughs> I was, I was, I quickly thought about this uh, earlier today because I introduced Taylor to Goodwill Hunting last night. That's a and good I was movie. Like, I, I, I was like, I wonder if Miles has seen this. I feel like it's a pretty universal movie that most people have seen. So I'm happy to hear that you've seen Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, um, good friend, friend of the show, John, Flames fan, John. We got too many friends that like the Flames, um, but that's like his favorite movie of all time. So mm-hmm. uh, we were hanging out one night and we were talking about 
movies and what in films and and the genre and he's like dude you got to watch it and i was like you know what for for johnny i'll watch it so i sat down watched the whole movie and i'm glad i did because it is it's good man robin williams absolutely like i as i grow older his whole speech about like not living with regrets and like not regretting the fact that he had to take the time off of work when his wife got sick and all the memories he spent like just crushes me i was on the verge of tears last night anyway like i i know we just got sidetracked i, I apologize but anyways no, good will hunting good movie owls six owls <laughs> terrifying three owls terrifying too yeah um it's just fun to hear people's answer to this question because i just think it's super goofy so um send send in your how many owls it would take you to to be like genuinely worried so um, so is this the premise of owl TikTok? is how many owls would you have to see to be terrified yeah that's it i don't know okay. that maybe there is like a whole thing of owls on TikTok, like people that have them as pets and like i remember being a kid and like in saskatchewan remember they're talking about burrowing owls being like on the endangered list and they'd bring a fucking burrowing owl into your school and it's this little thing that like you could step on and kill so it wasn't like really scary like those don't count i'm not counting burrowing owls i'm counting like flying owls, the sky like yeah like harry owls. potter shit i'm talking yeah. headwigs how many headwigs yeah. would you have to see um but yeah that that's it for owl TikTok. i just it 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 was rent free in my mind for 48 hours and i could not <laughs> stop talking about it that feels like uh it feels like one of those hypotheticals even though i wouldn't say this is a hypothetical but like you know when they say if you want to fall asleep fast you uh you count sheep and yeah. i feel like that's the very opposite if you don't want to sleep think about how many <laughs> owls would scare the living shit out of you yeah if you're at an awakeathon try that out um <laughs> speaking of being awake oh no um i'm awake in a nightmare nolan oilers hockey we have a good episode for the folks at home today mm -hmm. um because we're going to be talking about a big portion of the win streak that you know i'm, I'm assuming anyone with a, with a pulse is aware of because the oilers were confirmed hot for quite a while here and we've got a number of games to go through um and you know benefit of being procrastinators um to punning as the french would say we are going to talk about the two most recent games uh that the oilers lost so we'll run through those games do a little bit of a vibe check see how we're feeling uh as oilers fans coming off of that hot streak and cooling off a little bit few things to note in Oilerland as well regarding some players and then a host of NHL shit lots to discuss coaches in and out players doing some nasty dirty stuff uh all-star games coming on lots of good stuff to chat about here um we're gonna move into a segment at uh, this port portion of the season that um is going to kind of highlight the frauds of the NHL. We're going to revisit some of our fraud predictions and see how they're looking and wrap things up with a nice little bit of uh, something that everybody can get behind during the holiday season. And that is the world juniors. So Nolan with a lot of that topic out of the way, I want you to take it off here uh, because this first game against the Car Carolina Hurricanes, I watched a large portion of this game uh, off of a cell phone at a bar uh, in Austin, Texas. By the time we went somewhere with a big TV, it was like 5-1, spoiler, uh, and I simply could not be bothered to do anything other than slam Modelo's and go down a slide at Unbarleavable. So please, take it away, get us started, and and do what you do. 
I tried to do some form of like a play on the old on the old television show Hogan's Heroes. I don't know if your parents ever made you watch that as a kid. No, but um, I know the title. Yeah, yeah, for sure. yeah, 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 classic. Uh, but so instead, I called it Hyman's Hatties. That sounds really dumb. Anyways, oh, that six sweet. six one win over the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, and man. This was this was like peak Oilers hockey on Sportsnet. Uh, the fun couldn't wait. Uh, the fun couldn't wait to start as Warren Fogle, Danny Ocean's Jacob Slavin's pockets and sends a puck in front to a flying Ryan McLeod who converts one nothing Oilers and Rogers is electric. Then. Following up, the top line says, hey guys, wait up for us. Evan Bouchard keeps the puck in the zone to Agent 97, who finds an activating Matthias Eckholm. Holy shit, the city of Edmonton is electric and feeling like Merle's in an Austin bar. Right? Wrong. Uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> I, I, thought, I thought you'd get a kick out of this one. Call Rogers the, the wheelhouse from the amount of work they're putting in on the cycle <laughs> as Zachary Martin Hyman, noted oh. children's author, takes it to the hole and the good guys are up 3 nothing. Apples to Yanmark and Boosh. We've got a two-point Boosh game, ladies and gentlemen. Wheelhouse. I was, I was, I was very proud no of that one. No, no free ads. No free ads. Uh, more top line supremacy as Conrad snaps the puck up in the neutral zone, finding our friend Nuge, who sends it over to noted children's author Zachary Martin Hyman, who finishes the one timer for nothing. ZMH with two goals, and I need to call my doctor because it's lasted more than a half an hour. <laughs> That's it. Well, <laughs> Miles, we don't, we don't want to get too graphic. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> Uh, second period comes and everyone the unthinkable has happened just everybody alert the press <laughs> Warren Fogle has scored on a breakaway 5-0 Oilers we've got a two point Matias we've got a two point Matias Yanmark game oh my god I don't think we could get I don't think the city could be more buzzing than they are right now Third period, sees a stinky turnover to Carolina that ends up uh, in Jacob Slavin finding Jordan Stahl to make it 5-1 with 13 minutes to go. And I'm, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't like a smidge bit concerned because the last thing I want is to be like, oh, the Oilers blew a 5-0 lead in the third period. That's great. Um, <laughs> however, three minutes later, Conrad, what the fuck was that, you psycho, who carries the puck through multiple defenders, leading to a Zachary Martin hat-trick. Hyman noted children's author to complete the hat-trick. Sorry, the trick of hats and a night of exorcism of the Oilers, Hurricanes, Demons. Shots finished 39 to 34 Canes. That was helped due to the team going into reserve mode in the third. Hits 23 to 19 for the Canes. Oilers won 52.9% of the draws, went 0 for 1 on the power play and 2 for 2 on the kill. Shout good out. Game. Good game. Feel, feels good to, to get the monkey off the chest there because it seems like the Canes always have our number. So, especially after that one a couple of weeks ago, um, good, good for the boys. Yeah. Good for the fellows. Yeah. Good, good, yeah. Good, good for the boys. Yeah. Um, speaking of good for the boys, Nolan, they actually beat Minnesota 4 3. Minnesota 4 3 win over the Wild on December 8th. Fun fact the Oilers have only beaten the Minnesota Wild once in the history of our podcast. Can they make it two? The game starts off with the Oilers salivating from the mouth like a cartoon hobo watching a pie cool on a windowsill as they put 18 shots on Mork Andre McFlurry. <laughs> but it is Sir Evan of Burchard who finally finds the twine at the 15-16 mark of the first. Hyman and Nuge get the Granny Smiths and the Oilers are up one nothing. 
certified freak seven days a week wet ass boldy ties things up with 15 seconds into the period and uh that is on the wild's fifth shot of the game so uh skin are gonna skin there's more where that came from uh i'll try that again there's more where that came from. <laughs> Yoel Erickson X says probably in the same voice that Nikea manager would as the wily veteran tucks his 13th of the year and puts the wild up two. Uh, or sorry, puts the wild up two one 30 seconds after Boldy scored. And it looks like the old fad old habits do in fact die hard when it comes to the Oilers. Hold on. Wait a minute. Stop the bleeding. Coroner McDavid says as he scores his ninth of the year. Bouchard and Nuge get the assists. We have a hockey game. Um, these three goals, the Boldy, Eck, and McDavid goals, came approximately one minute and 21 seconds into the second period. So if you were in line for a drink, using the washroom, FaceTiming a loved one, you probably missed a good portion of action. Um, we have a hockey game indeed, says the other Connor. This one being Connor DeWar scoring the Wilds' third goal of the game. And the Oilers are back down one. But back come those pesky Oilers as the crown prince Leon Dreisaitl scores on the power play. Nuge and McDinvin getting the assists and we're all tied up at three heading into the third. Now it wouldn't take long in the final frame for the Oilers to jump ahead as once again, Sir Evan of Burchard gets the power play goal. His second of the game, seventh of the season, assisted by Dreisaitl and Nuge. But uh, I can assure you that we are anything but dry when Evan scores two game wraps up uh four three oilers dub out shooting the wild 40 to 20 going two for four on the power play and two for two on the penalty kill oilers staying hot evans three point night nuge's four point night mcdavid and leon had two points um that would be enough to overshadow Stuart skinner going uh 17 of 20 for a 0.850 in this one so a little bit of yucky goaltending uh but the boys were able to make it happen I mean, we should probably say it now. Um, biggest mistake Ken Holland made this offseason. Uh, not extending Evan Bouchard for seven years. Oh, boy. <laughs> we're oh, so, oh boy, we're oh boy. so fucked. Like, Back the Brinks truck up. Yeah, it, we are so fucked. But what is his plus minus? <laughs> Who gives a shit? He has eight goals and he has 32 points in 28 games. And he I loves am, shotgunning twisted tees. He's just like me for real. For he real. is the coolest guy. He's just so fucking cool. Do you want to hang out with Bouchard? Would you mind if I took this this next one? Absolutely. You go right ahead. Because I went I went miles mode on the intro here. Oh, and, oh, oh I see. Um, I don't want to uh I don't want to put you in an, an in a compromising. Do you want position. do you want the next two games and then I'll get the final two games? Sure did. Okay. Sure. <laughs> sure did. Um, and th- this one, again, we're going back to December 10th here. Not today, Satan. 4-1 win over the New Jersey Devils. The Oilers look to continue their winning ways as the Hughes brothers come into town for a Sunday showdown. Now, Nolan, did, did you know that both Jack and Luke Hughes play for the New, New Jersey Devils? Really? Did, did you know that they have another brother, Quinn Hughes, who also plays in the NHL? But Whoa. he plays in Vancouver. What? I know. It, it's oh pretty crazy. God. Not a lot of people know about them. So good on the NHL for letting us know when they are, that they are in fact brothers that, you know, share the same set of parents and grew up in the same hometown because we might not have known that. It's it's awesome. We, we love to see an underdog story. Hughes brothers, three of them, two of them in this game, 
two of them in any Devils game because two of them, Jack and Luke, both play on the Devils on the same team. Um, the New Jersey Devils, who the Oilers are playing in this game. But Quinn, Quinn Hughes, is not playing in this game. He's the third brother. He plays in Vancouver, so he won't be on the ice in this one. No Quinn, just Jack and Luke. Two of the three brothers, not all three, because the third one is in Vancouver. So just two of the Hughes brothers tonight playing against the Oilers. Calvin Pickard is drawing into this game, and Disco Stew probably needed the night off. Uh, the Devils counter with Asia Akira Schmid. Don't Google that if you are at work, um, but not an original joke. Isn't it, isn't it Asa Akira? Oh, I don't know. I'm not a pervert. I'm pretty sure it's ASA Akira. <laughs> I, I no, tried. I don't know. I, I mean, I've. I mean, I, I mean, I've crushed the tape a couple times. Crushed the tape. Guy, <laughs> guy loves film. Um, a little, a little bit of frigging around in the first period as both teams trade chances, but it is a Duramax kind of day when the Carhartt <laughs> King Derek Ryan rolls Cole into town and scores his third of the year. We love a Brett Kulak point, and, and you got it on this goal. You also got a Sam Gagne assist. It, it's funny, Nolan, with the holidays, most people don't want Cole. You know, they, they worry that Santa might bring them Cole if they're bad, but not Derek Ryan. He wants thermal workwear, a new Yeti, and as much coal as fucking possible so that he can use it to take, take it to his power stroke and get to the job site. Roll coal all day long. Hear the engine, see the smoke. Derek Ryan is the butt of this joke. One nothing Oilers. Eat your heart out, Liberals. You f- you forgot a very crucial fact, which was moments before he- Derek Ryan saved the day and scored this goal. We thought we almost got the first goal <laughs> from a certain somebody who is still goalless. Oh no. Connor Brown had his first goal of the year in this game, uh, but it was swiftly taken away because Andrew Kane decided to interfere with the goaltender. So, thanks, wow. Evander, teammate least, of the year, and all around good guy. But I mean, Derek, a Derek Ryan goal is just good for yeah. good for the business. Yeah, it's just good, good for, for the morale. Yeah. Good for morale. Yeah. So the the second period was much of the same as these teams continued to trade chances until the golf cart menace, <laughs> the son of anarchy, Sir Evan of Bershard, he scored a power play goal from Drysaddle and Nurse, and the Oilers are up. Two nothing, yeah, baby. And I wrote in brackets, say it like Austin Powers. I should mention, so fucked. <laughs> um, con artist McDaniel scores uh, in the third here. This one coming from teammate of the year and all around good guy Evander Kane. Welcome back to the show. That makes it three nothing. Oilers. Another IKEA manager. This one just from a different branch. <laughs> Yes, but Brat scores, uh, and for a second, it looks like the Oilers might just Oiler this one and blow a lead. Fortunately enough, they held off the Devils, and Evander Kane, teammate of the year and all-around good guy, continues to be an empty net merchant and scores his 12th of the year assist to McDanielson. Put a bow on it, Oilers win for one. They outshot the Devils 30-26. to The boys went one for four on the power play and killed all four penalties that they took. PK staying hot. Calvin Pickard, he took home first star, stopping 25 of 26 for a .962. That is surprising. Uh, Jack Hughes needs to quit diving because he's, he's, he's becoming a real diver. Jack, not Quinn or Luke. Yeah, not Quinn, not Luke, not their parents. But Jack, who plays but for Jack. the Devils, but he played he played in this game with his brother Luke. With his brother Luke, but not Quinn, who plays okay. for Vancouver. I get it confused sometimes, man. They, I, I don't think they're doing a good enough job of explaining that to, to to us every time we watch a hockey game. So, thank you for for pointing that out, and I hope that everyone at home is able to follow along too. That this was Jack and and Luke, not Quinn. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, perfect. Uh, Miles, you have the floor for the next game. Thank you. This is a juicy one. Uh, f- friends of the show know my feelings here. So we finally got it. We got the Connor versus Connor. Loser has to change their name. This was the game against the Chicago Blackhawks. Of course, we were talking about Bedard versus McDavid. And this one was a 4-1 Oilers win as well on December 12th. Ah, yes, the little bluff boys come into town. And Bruins fan Ben, a member of the Secret Society who drafted Connor Bedard in the first round of our fantasy draft, could not be happier. The Chicago Bad Hawks come into this one 9 17 and 1, but Bedsy came into the rink in pants that were at least five inches too short. So it's okay because the NHL gets to play up the Connor versus Connor thing all night, like that's even a matchup. Uh, I've taken dumps that have lasted longer than this kid's been in the league. Everyone needs to calm the fuck down a little bit when they come to meat riding him. Just my opinion. Oh, and the announcers get to jerk off uh, the fact that four guys in this game played in the NHL as 18-year-olds. Originally, they said three, forgetting Ryan Nugent Hopkins, which is a cardinal sin. Uh, But anyway, the Pats got name-dropped like six times in the broadcast, so you know that Gavin Semple was just soaked in Diet Coke hearing that. Hell yeah. All right, let's drop the puck. Oilers come into this one on a seven-game heater. Maybe it's the PTSD of earlier this season talking, but this felt like a sneaky Oilers loss incoming. I don't know if you felt the same way, but just the Blackhawks on a weeknight. Game started like 9 p.m. Central time, which is a fucking travesty. Oh, my God. It's Tuesday night in December. What are you doing? You play up the Connor versus Connor on social media thing till the freaking cows come home, but then you put it at an East Coast start time of 10 p.m. People have lives, Gary. People have to go to work, Gary. We can't just sit around eating king crab and watching the Arizona Arizona Coyotes on a 100-inch flat screen, Gary. Can I just mention two things to that? Um, So they said 10 p.m. It was determined that was a lie. Because at 10 p.m., they were still doing, like, Gene going over Connor versus Connor and all this nonsense. And then... um, and then, so it, puck drop didn't happen until probably 10.20 my time. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, and in addition to that, too, Miles, um, I don't know if you knew this, but it actually wasn't a nationally televised game. No. It was nationally televised on ESPN+, Plus, but not ESPN. ESPN+, Plus in the U.S. That you have to, I'm assuming, pay a subscription Sub- Subscribe for. to, yeah. And then also, and then obviously here you have to subscribe to Sportsnet+. Plus or premium or whatever the fuck. So that's great. Great, great job, Gary. Um, you're doing you're doing a tremendous job. King crab ass hat. All right, let's go. Little back and forth to start this one, but the Hawks came out buzzing. And who else but Condid McDard would open the scoring as he gets a nice entry pass, slips past the Oilers D and does a little look at this, look at that, and then goes roof past Skinner. One nothing Hawks. Did you see that video of the, the look at this, look at that? Do you know what I'm uh, talking about? No, I did not. It's a guy, it's a MJHL, so Manitoba Junior Hockey League, and this guy had, like, the funniest goal announce of all time. It it was um, a little too sexual oh, to try to replicate. I did hear that. Yeah, I think, yeah. Uh, I think, um, uh, Spit and Chicklets put the, the, the call over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. But the, the, yeah. the, he went, look at this, look at that. Yeah. That's how he said that. So th- that's basically what Bedard did. He did a little look at this, look at that. Nice move. Crazy goal. My drywall was shivering, uh, as nervous as it was, um, because nothing makes me sadder than a Bedard goal. You're but about to go from a Miles to a Kyle. Yes. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> but Shut no, it, it, Kyle's it, out there. it was a dirty goal. Like, yeah. Very, it was hot. 
sick, I was sick pass to by Alex yes. Vlasic as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, the Oilers would claw back into this one as Nuge is huge. Getting the game equalizer. Bush and McDavid getting the assists. One, so one hockey game. So <laughs> right before the end of the first, uh, the final 18-year-old breakthrough player, one Sam Gagne, scores his fourth of the year to give the Oilers a 2-1 lead. And who else but DR, Carhartt King, getting the assist on such a hardworking, gritty, character-building goal. Let's go. Put a fork in the first. The Hawks are out shooting the Oilers 14 to 8. Feels like a bit of a yikes. But the second period gets going in the action on the score sheet uh, with a little cheeky goal from Leon. Uh, this one coming from CeCe and Sam Gagne. Sneaky Gagne heater watch uh, as the puck deflects in off Nikita Zaitsev. 3-1 Oilers. Oilers peppered Peter Mrazek with 14 shots in the second period. The third period gets hot and heavy early as one 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 known as the children's author. He gets his 16th of the year. This power play potato comes from Bouchard and McDavid. Oh, we're so fucked. <laughs> Oilers get up 4-1 and close this thing out. Shots finished 29-23 for the Oilers. Edmonton won 53% of the draws, went one for two on the power play and killed both penalties they took. Worth noting, Bedard <laughs> blew a tire on the power play in the second. That saw Connor Brown come in and get two pretty solid scoring chances. Um, would have been an awesome low light for me to see Bedard fall, cough it up, and then have the Ginger Prince come in and tickle the twine for his first of the year. Oh, well. Worth mentioning, McDavid, he's on a 10-game point streak for 25 points, and Bouchard is on a 12-game point streak for 18 points. So fucked! Skinner has won seven in a row, despite the shitting we have done on him. Um, so, yeah summarizing the the win streak at this point um so fucked bouchard is a menace yep mcdavid so back Mm -hmm. oilers are hot um both the only thing that could cool them down is a storm nolan a storm in which some electric activity were to strike the ground perhaps thunder no 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 lightning Uh-oh, it's time for an ad read. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. Tomorrow's Tuesday. Oilers are playing the Islanders. Maybe you're feeling like a same-game parlay. It's kind of what I don't know you're thinking a little bit. You know, you could get Oilers on the puck line, maybe over six and a half goals for the entirety of the game. Islanders are, are playing a little bit of offensive hockey lately. And you know what? The Oilers have been allowing the first goal the last little while and this team loves to come from behind, you can actually add that as a prop in your same game parlay. And all those together comes out at a plus 900. It's not bad. So if you bet like 10 bucks, you can win like 100. That's that's pretty nice. So download the app now and use code THPN. New customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. 
On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, bonus bits expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023. All rights reserved. Yes, Miles, because uh, the winning streak would be halted in a 7-4 loss to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Oilers coming into this one, as mentioned, winners of seven in a row and the NHL's hottest team by far. This is a revenge game after losing... Sorry, I believe this was eight in a row, actually. Didn't they win eight in a row? Pretty sure they won eight they in did, a row. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. um, Stewie won seven and then Pickard won one, so yeah. it was an eight-game eight here. Um, uh, uh, this is a revenge game after losing to Tampa 6-4 to four on November 18th where they blew a lead twice, three times, and allowed Tampa to score four goals in the period. Luckily, lucky for the Oilers, world-class goaltender Andre Vasilevsky was back from injury and would be between the pipes in this one. That, kids, is what we call foreshadowing. The Macedonian Steven Stamkos, uh, get ready to hear that fucker's name a lot, starts things off with a power play goal, one nothing bolts. Tyler Mott then gets one. Tampa is up 2 nothing in the first. Oilers threw 15 shots on Vassy, but could not crack him and headed into the room in a 2 nothing hold despite playing pretty well and having some momentum. The second period, however, was all Oilers. Norris Nurse jumps up in the rush and scores a shorty from DR and Nuge early in the second, and it's 2-1 Lightning. Connor McDavid would do his best Shohei Otani impression on the power play, batting a puck out of midair and into the back of the net to get the rare unassisted power play marker and tie this thing up at two. However, don't let the Oilers get hot. Noted children's author and son of Israel, Zachary Martin Hyman croons as he gets his 17th of the year, this one from Boosh, so fucked, uh, and Nuge, and the Oilers close out the second up 3-2. Just got to play solid hockey. It'll be okay. Peppering Vasilevsky, you get your, I think it's, is it Vash or Vaz? It, it, it might be Vaz. Um, all you gotta do, close this thing out, get your fourth goal of the game, it's gonna come. The Macedonian Kucherov and the Macedonian again, Hattrick, score back-to-back, and the 3-2 lead is now a less frisky 5-3 deficit. The Oilers would push back and throw everything they had at Vassy, and just when it seemed like all hope is lost, our baby-faced assassin, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Scores a big-time berry, makes it 5-4. This goal was such a barn buster. Barn burner or barn buster? Barn buster. The, bar- barn, the barn was buster. busted. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, elite vision from McDavid and Boosh. So fucked. So fucked. To find Nuge sitting all alone, or City all alone at the side of, a, of the side of the cage, maybe we can win this one. Anthony Sorelli, however, uses his big body to get in between the man and the puck to tuck an empty netter to give the Lightning the crucial 6-4 lead. And then, fuck it, why not? Let the Macedonian score another one. Stamkos, you can have four tonight. 7-4 final in a game where the Oilers outshot Tampa, who's been sneaky bad this year, by the way. 57-24. to Oilers went two for four in the power play and one for two on the penalty kill. Vassie's crazy 53 saves and 930 save percentage was countered by Stuart Skinner's stat line of 17 for 22 for a 773. Ouch. Um, ouch. Ouchy, ouchy. Yeah. Uh, very, very rough game for Stuart Skinner and a very rough game for Cody Cece as well. The fifth, I believe, no, the fourth goal 
the fourth goal where like CC had like the puck or he was going to like he was trying to just get the puck out and like Kucherov just beat him to it and just completely outmuscled him. Mm-hmm. Like embarrassing. Truly, truly like dreadful stuff to see. Um and the dreadful stuff did not stop there because uh just a few days later, oh no, we suck again. A five one loss to the Florida Panthers. Is is that a water boy reference? Uh yes it is. Oh, oh no. no. We, we suck, suck again. again. Yeah. Uh Saturday Classic. night, hockey night in Canada, looking for a big bounce back. Let's start another winning streak to end this homestand. Pickard getting the start tonight. Oilers get hemmed in their own zone for the first five minutes, leading to Sam Bennett finding a wide open Carter Verhage streaking in one nothing Panthers. Awesome stuff to see. Just a minute left in the first. Verhage, Bennett, Kachuk continue to steal the Oilers' lunch money, but this time Verhage found Montour untouched. Two nothing Cats. It's essentially the exact same goal as the last one. So you'd think you'd learn your lesson. Um, Thirty seconds later, however, uh, Eck and Leon. So, Matthias Eckholm and Leon Dreisaitl uh, find themselves in a Three Stooges movie, allowing a very wide-open Alexander Barkov to score on Calvin Pickard. 3-0 going into the second. I am not having fun. After a ho-hum start to the second period, the top line uh, quickly takes off their Scooby-Doo mask to reveal they certainly are 93-97-18. As a quick tic-tac-toe t- uh, play uh, between the three finds Zachary Martin Hyman, noted children's author, and score in three straight games. Not fucked on that one. Uh, it's a 3-1 game, and this man is on pace for 54 goals. Holy smokes. After scary play, however, which sees Brett Kulak's stick clip Evan Rodriguez's face, the Oilers are on the kill, and all of them are blown away by Sam Bennett's skill. Well, it seems like that because they all watch him walk you know, all alone and undress Calvin Picker before he's even made it to the showers. 4-1, and I'm extremely sad. Third period. Many people are... Oh, sorry. Let me rephrase that. Many people are saying that you should bet the life come back on this one. Yeah. <laughs> 40 seconds into the second, uh, 40 seconds in, the second line in Florida does it again. Carter Rehage scores, and that would be the final nail in the coffin in the game. Shots finished at 39 apiece, out hit the Cats 37 to 23, went 64.5% in the dot, 2 for 3 on the PK, and 0 for 2 on the power play. Yuck. So, a very large win streak, followed by a very demoralizing last two games. Miles, how are we feeling? <laughs> okay, this is this is this is the time of the show where we move into our oiler shit general discussion and the vibe check, Nolan. How are we feeling? Uh, I'm I'm feeling okay. Um, after the start of the season that the Oilers have had, I mean, when an eight in a row is exactly what they needed, um, should have been ten in a row. Uh, real, mm-hmm. very realistically, um, that game they pissed away against the Lightning hurts more than getting their back blown out by the Cats, in my opinion. Yeah, um, but At the a very Saturday least, it should have been nine in a row. Exactly. Yeah. Um, they 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 pissed away a very very important uh, opportunity to 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 regain some ground in that. Very, very tough Pacific division at the moment. Uh, I will say the reason why I feel as optimistic as I do is because the Oilers are sitting at 28 games played and the rest of that division is between 30 and 31. So we still have a few games at hand. Um, 
and that is what's making me feel a little bit better. Uh, but fuck, man, I it's it's so frustrating that they're blowing games to, to the Lightning, who, like mm-hmm. we said in the notes, have been shitty this year. Um, mm-hmm. Two games that they should have won. I And with the season that they've had, I really, really hope that it doesn't get to a point where we're four points back and looking back at these games in March, you know, with our hand, with our head, our head in our hands crying. I said this on Twitter. I think the most frustrating part about this is the fact that they've went on this crazy heater and have been the best team in the NHL for almost for basically 10 games. And they're still not in a playoff position. They were never mm-hmm. in a playoff position. They never were. Mm-hmm. They, by, but I don't want to hear by points percent. I don't want to hear any of that shit. They were never in a playoff position. And that is crazy. Like, you cannot afford to piss away points. And this is like, Stuart Skinner, I don't want to, because you know what? We like we can look at it and say everybody did not play well in the game against Tampa. Like, the, every, like collectively as a team, they pissed away the third period. Mm-hmm. But Stuart Skinner cannot allow, especially that fourth goal. That fourth goal, that fourth goal is a backbreaker. Like you cannot allow that. And whether or not that has to be put on him or it has to be put on management, and I, the one thing I'll give Stuart Skinner massive credit for is after the game he came out and said like I have to be better. I cannot allow that goal. And I give him all the credit in the world because that is awesome to see. And it's not in this like self-deprecating way that makes you feel very uneasy about Jack Campbell because we heard a lot of that and that was really frustrating to hear. So I expect Stuart Skinner to be better. But it once again just reinforces the fact that this team needs a second goaltender. <laughs> you oh, can't dude. rely on Stuart Skinner every night. No, a hundred percent. And I, I mean, as a as a resident goalie simp uh, on the show, I I hate saying the goalie lost us the game. I've never been that kind of guy. I never mm-hmm. I never want to get to that point. But that is a rare example where goaltending is what cost the Oilers a game, and and has has been the story, a larger part of the story for for the majority of the season. So I do like what you said about. Um, you know, his, his ownership of it without sounding like a, like a Campbell, because we've mm-hmm. seen that a lot um, speaks to the mental toughness that he has. And that's yeah. what makes me feel like he is still the guy. Um, but again, very, very important that the Oilers get that second goalie because man, watching Calvin Pickard move in the net makes me go goaltending one Oh one. Like his, his movement side to side is, dude, him is, and- is dude, his movement side to side, would have been fine in 2010, but it's not cutting it in the NHL in 2023. Even Skinner's lateral movement, man, is like, in, 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 I, I feel like I'm, cr- I feel like I'm like going crazy watching him sometimes. Like his lateral movement side to side is just slow. And he's a young goaltender, or he's a young goalie in this league, and I don't understand why he's as slow as he is. Wow, it's almost like if you had a goaltending coach that knew what the fuck they were doing, they would, you know, look to improve that area of their. But according to ability, Oilers right? media, that has nothing to do with it. No, according no, to the not. yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. The goaltending coach should not be fired whatsoever. No, even though he's drunk. been around and they haven't developed the proper number one goaltender since then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has nothing to do with it. No, I, I just, it's, but man, like I believe Stuart Skinner will become the goalie he can become. I, I firmly believe that. I believe that he can be a starting goalie in this league. He can be a cup-winning goaltender in this league. But he is not there yet. 
and that's okay. That is truly okay. But you need somebody else in here. He needs help. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Jack Campbell thing, I don't know what the hell they're going to do with that, but um, I know I had it for the last thing, but do you want to just segue right into Roll it? it? Roll uh, it. <laughs> so update on Jack Campbell, by the way. Uh, he got pulled again two nights ago. Currently has a 4-5-0 record with a 3.46 GAA and a .888 save percentage, and my heart rate has reached 185. I was doing a little bit of prep for the show here, and I was going to be all snarky because the Canes, they just sent down anti-Ranta to uh, their AHL team, and I was going to be like, see, it's not just us that you know has a veteran goalie that's got to go to the AHL to find his game. You know, the, the Oilers are fine. But then I saw that Ranta makes one and a half million dollars and not like five. So he, 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 fun, fun, fun. Um, I want, I want to take a, just a, just a quick second here. I want to give a shout out. Um, when I was on that trip to Texas, uh, made friends with a fella. Uh, he's from a, a dealer just outside Edmonton, St. Paul, Alberta. Great dude. Uh, shout out to Austin. Funny dude. We had a lot of fun in, in, uh, in Texas. He's, he's just like us. He likes to drink beers and, talk about the Oilers so it was nice to nice to sit down with a guy who's a diehard like this guy watches every single game um we've actually become good buddies like we watch you know when I'm watching a game we'll snap and we'll talk about it and stuff so it was fun to you know sit and drink beer and pick his brain and get the perspective of somebody who lives a little bit closer and goes to a few more games than we do and get a little bit better of a, a sense of the vibe of how the team's doing and uh, made me feel like we're, you know, maybe not crazy because we're saying mm-hmm. a lot of the same things that that fans in that market are saying. So, shout out to, uh, to shout out to Austin and shout out to uh, that friend group there that watches a lot of Oilers hockey. So, hopefully, uh, if they're listening, they, you know, put a little fist in the air and maybe shotgun a beer, or chug some Arbor Mist wine. I don't know whatever they're feeling like doing. This is what this is what Miles reveals to me. Hey, Nolan, can we talk for a second? It's not you, it's me. Um, you are cut from one for one. <laughs> He's just closer. He just gets me. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Like, so what? So what did he say about Jack Campbell? Same thing. Yeah. Like, why the fuck would you pay him that much money? I think I, I, memory might be a little bit hazy here because uh, I enjoyed a few uh, Modellos. Hell yeah. Had a couple oh, Modellos. A couple of snub nose. Oh, fuck. And they always put them in a bottle too. They're so good. And I so love good. that. I've seen that. I've seen a few videos of like, people drinking them. I don't know why, but I just have. And I love that they, I love that they pop the cap with the like wrapper on top. Oh of it. yeah, dude, that rules. It, that, that's it is great stuff to see. Yeah, I think um, so. Again, memory might be a little bit hazy here, but yeah. I think he was on the exact same train as us, where it was like, yeah, I wanted Kemper. Yeah, like don't get me. And once again, we're kind of we're kind of going over this again, but like beating a dead horse. I totally understood why they gave Campbell the contract that they did at the time. It was you were not expecting him to be this bad. Like this yeah. was this was out of the discussion. Like he was at least like we're at least gonna have something. But I man, if I have to hear this management group go on about how they're just gonna give Campbell another shot and how they're like, we're gonna take it week to week and you don't have time. Like you don't I saw a um I saw a tweet from uh I want to say it was uh, I want to say it was the other guy's uh, Twitter account because Jason Greger was on his show doing something and and 
I think Jason's fine, but like one of the things he said is this management group has 50 days from today to figure out what they're doing with their goaltending. I'm like, 50 fucking days? 50 days is like two months from now. Oh, yeah. There's no fucking way. 50 days, we could be prepping for Celebrini. Exactly. Like, you cannot... We're, once again, year nine of Connor McDavid. You're telling me you cannot make a trade happen? There's no fucking way. There's no way a general manager is not willing to take on that Jack Campbell contract and make something work. There's 32 general managers in this, in this league. There's 31 others. There has to be a deal out there. There is a, a GM dumb enough to take that deal. Yeah, Ken, Ken's just got to turn up yeah. the brightness and font size on his phone and fucking ring him. Oh, trades are hard to make. Shut the fuck <laughs> up. Jesus Christ. S- speaking of making trades. Oh, yeah, here we go again. Um, We have a trade request to announce. Uh, so, like, because it's been so long since we last recorded, uh, like a week and a half ago, uh, it was reported that the Oilers had given permission to defenseman Philip Broberg's agent, Darren Ferris, to look for a trade. As for as per Frank Mazzarigatonielli, uh, understand the Oilers granted permission to Philip Broberg's camp to seek a trade. Sounds like there has been solid interest on the, that front. Edmonton isn't interested in getting a pick back. They'd like a player. So you'll likely find a player in a similar situation. However, despite this report, Ryan Rashog tweeted, Ken Holland says he has not granted permission for Darren Ferris to shop for a Broberg trade. Uh, in Holland's words, I have not granted permission to Darren to shop Broberg. Ferris's response, this matter reflects both my and my client's frustration with the Oilers. The Oilers were responded by sending Broberg down and calling up Ben Gleason. Uh, Broberg has no points in the NHL this season and is going to have to play 22 minutes a night in Baco in a last-ditch effort to see if there's anything left in the 2019 8th overall pick. Um, I mean... I don't blame Philip Broberg for being frustrated because he's he's not playing. And when he is, he's thrust into like a right side role that he doesn't really fit in. I don't know, man. It's just, it's another, another goddamn pick in this regime and another pick that is clearly not working out. And day by day that I see another player from this 2019 draft class succeed in a decent role is an, another day that I get very angry. It, it's frustrating. Absolutely. Um, I, I, I can't remember which team I heard saying it, but I was just on Twitter X one day um, going through the motions. And um, I think it was Carolina. They were talking about like, um, Oh, we got to keep this, keep this guy. He's a first round pick, blah, 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 blah. That would be bad asset management. Well, mm-hmm. at some point, bad asset management aside it's bad asset management to keep a player who's young with some trade stock around just because they were a high pick yeah at at some point you've got to cut them loose and see what you can get and find a situation where it can be amicable for both the player and the and the team and and it feels like it's come to a point with Broberg where he's not happy in Edmonton he's not happy in the AHL um We've been saying it for a while. You said it recently with the ninth season of Connor McDavid, 10th season of Leon Dreisaitl. Fucking move the guy. Mm-hmm. Get something back, man. Do it. Like You have very limited cap space. You have very limited assets that you can move without completely shaking up this roster. And you've seen that the roster works. They can win eight games in a row. 
find something complimentary, make a move, package him with Campbell. Like, I don't know, get creative, do something. Yeah. Get off like, your ass, Ken. Like, there, there's no way that Mike Greer in San Jose is not like, hey, you give me Philip Broberg and a first round pick, maybe another pick, not like a first, but like maybe another or another B level prospect, I'll take on Jack Campbell. There's sure. no way that deal doesn't exist. Because, and that's the thing, man, is you can make smart, like, smart little moves. You just have to be fucking calculated with it all. Like, I just don't, I just don't understand it. Like, Winnipeg got Nito Niederreiter last year for a second round pick. That's it. That's all it was. And that's like a smart move by a team that knows what they're doing. But instead, it's hard to make trades. I can't make a trade. I can't get this done. Money in, money out. Oh, we have no cap space. Did you just... Did you just like Praise talk Kevin about Ken? Off. Yeah. Did you just talk about Chevy in a nice manner? I did, and I know that I have talked shit about Kevin Chevelday off. But you know, I what? have talked a lot of shit yeah. about Ken. But Chevelday but uh, but you know what? At least he makes moves like that. Like at mm-hmm. least he notices with his core. Like I don't have time. I don't have time to sit on my ass and do nothing. Do I agree with the direction that their franchise is going in? Absolutely not. But they also don't have Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Um, and so it just, it irks me to see the excuses for management all the time. If I hear one more time from, a, from an Oilers media member, trades are hard to make and it, the, the cap is tight, I'm going to scream. Because somehow, I know that the Penguins are not doing very well, and I know that the Leafs didn't win a Stanley Cup, but like, how is it that Kyle Dubas is always able to do something? Because he's a bold, forward-thinking general manager. Like, come on. Something has to give here. Yeah, I'd, I'd just like to see an effort. I'd like to see, um, you know, an insider tweet out that a deal fell through or that a deal was poking around. It just yeah. seems like it's completely silent on the Oilers' front, and complacency is going to be what kills this team and is going to be what kills this season. I think we're primed for uh, like Jack Campbell has like one decent start in the AHL. He gets called up and then he's bad and then they buy him out in the off season and then they make a trade for like, it'll be like Spencer Martin or something. And then I'm just <laughs> going to be fucking bummed out. And I just, I just don't know what to say, man. I don't know what to do. But I, you know what? Should be excited. They just finished an eight-game heater. They just proved that they can go on a nice winning streak. And by all metrics, this team is very, very good if they can get their goaltending situation figured out. And for the love of God, Cody CC, he's a perfectly fine NHL defenseman. I, Miles, I don't know how much my heart can take watching Cody CC play 20 minutes a night anymore. It's truly revolting stuff. The seesaw battle that is Cody CC for a stretch of games, he looks unbelievable, and then the next stretch of games, he looks like a fucking tire fire, and it's uh, it's hard on the heart. Did um just before we quickly move on, uh, did you see the quote from Paul Coffey? No, he, I didn't. So uh, Paul Coffey did an interview, I think, with Daniel Nugent Bowman in the Athletic, and the big quote that came out of that was that he said. <laughs> I want all of our defensemen to make plays. If you can't make a play, we'll find somebody else who can. That's so sick. <sighs> That's rock star. Dude, uh, I, I it's not Paul Coffey that's had the resurgence of this penalty kill, but who, who's the fella that's responsible for Mar- revamping? Mar- Mark Stewart. Mark Stewart deserves yeah. 
all-you-can-eat chips and dip at a Mexican restaurant because the, what he's done with this penalty kill has been fucking electric. Lights out, yeah. They look awesome. Yeah. He's so, actually making Connor Brown look useful. There's lots of things that we can celebrate about this Oilers team. It's just that, you know, we, we don't want to celebrate just getting into the playoffs. We want to be celebrating a division crown and uh, a good chance at a Stanley Cup. So, uh, Oilers management, if you're listening, um, Please reward the boys. Yeah, give us re- give us reward some. these guys. They bust their ass off for you. Give us something to talk about. Um, and by the way, people, in case you weren't aware, um, that 93-97-18 line um, has been essentially the best line in the NHL this season. So, And they just broke it up this morning, which is not, not great. but maybe, maybe just for a skate. Who knows? I hope it's for a skate because, boy, oh, boy, I love that. Um, okay, Miles. Speaking of a skate. Speaking of a skate. Speaking of a couple skates on the ice. And a faster skater. <laughs> uh, the skills comp is getting an overhaul. From NHL.com, 12 skaters will compete. Each will compete in four of the first six events. The, f- the fast, uh, the NHL fastest skater, Rogers NHL hardest shot, upper deck NHL stick handling, NHL one-timers, NHL passing challenge, and the Cheetos NHL accuracy shooting. Nothing says sniping at top cheddar like a, having a little bit of cheddar Cheetos. Am I right? Um, I personally love the the whoring out that they've done for the branding here. It's so like the cool. Naming rights is, yeah. I, I love it. The remember, fastenal. Remember when they did it with the uh, remember when they did it with the uh, division names in the 56 game sequence it was like the honda pacific division or something oh, yeah, like that dude. yeah scotiabank north division that rocked when you've got um, you know all of your money tied up in bio steel it's <laughs> uh it's time to find it where you can so good on the nhl for figuring out that they've got to make make business a capital b the stonks are not sky high uh anyways uh, first place will be worth five points, second place, four points, and so on. Uh, the top eight will advance to the seventh event, the Honda NHL shootout. The top six of that event will uh, advance to the final event, the Pepsi NHL obstacle course. This event will include all the skills and will be worth double the points. First place will be worth 10 points, second place worth eight points, and so on. The winner, Miles, gets one million bucks. One million dollars. Um, apparently, King Connor had a big part to do with the development of this format. Uh, it's going to raise the stakes and uh, is, I mean, it's going to be the best night of the event or uh, of the weekend for sure. Um, minus maybe the fantasy draft. The fantasy draft might actually might actually take the cake, depending if the league act, depending if these guys actually like have some fun. If they get a couple drinks into them and this fantasy draft actually kicks ass, it might be the best night of the or best event of the weekend. I'm um, I'm really looking forward to the All Star weekend this year. It's going to be so like, am I. It is yeah. must watch. Like I'm yeah. genuinely ecstatic to watch this. The whole winner getting one million bucks is actually pretty insane. Like that's oh, a, yeah. that's a really good prize. Like I actually think we're going to have guys that are because remember if a rookie gets in, that's a guy on a rookie deal. And one million bucks is more than he's going to make in a year. Ah, uh, dude, it's going to be crazy to see yeah. Bedard playing in this. Like, I know that I shit on him all the time, but like in an individual event where he can, you know, be a, be a freak. Yeah, it's going to be cool to see some of these very very skilled offensive guys doing what they do best. Like, it's it's going to be fun. I'm really really. It's going to be sick. I'm yeah. I'm I'm really excited. I just I'm also just man. I'm so excited for this fantasy draft, especially if the boys get a couple of drinks into them. It's going to be so cool. 
Oh, dude, and, and you know hockey players love having a couple. Yeah. Uh, by the Dave, way, Dave did you tipping them back? Did you see? Um, did you see? Uh, Lauren posted uh, her and Connor's like drinks of choice for their like Jack and Jill. I did. That's um interesting. I mean, I am not in the least bit surprised that she's a margarita girl. Like, <laughs> not in the least bit surprised. Yeah. That's that's textbook. But um, McDavid being a Negroni guy. Yeah, a little weird, eh? Wouldn't have pegged him for that. I thought he for sure would have been a vodka base. Oh, that's a good call. Yeah, maybe but... like maybe even like a whiskey sour feels like a call. No, yeah. too much sugar. No, too much sugar in a whiskey sour. <laughs> but with the egg in it, man, a little bit of prot. Oh, oh yeah, maybe actually. You never know with a guy like that. But Negroni, that's classy. That's uh, that's something that uh that a high high earner would drink. So shout out to uh, it's gonna be fucking nuts to see the stuff that comes out of that wedding when all those guys are oh. drunk off Negronis. It's. That whole man, I, the That's content a horny that comes, drink. The, the the content that comes out of that wedding is gonna be unbelievable stuff. I gotta figure out what catering company they hired and get a job <laughs> there just so I can you know be around. But no, you're you're yeah. gonna you're gonna sneak in the hot plate. It's just gonna be you just like sitting in there with a the little cover over top. And then when they <laughs> open it up to go serve the pork, they'll be like, "Oh, it's just me." <laughs> Who do you know here? Don't worry about it. You're not kicking uh, me out um it's uh I, i've been wondering where that wedding's gonna take place like, i imagine ontario but maybe connor goes somewhere like so, kind of like secluded maybe he's in maybe it's in, like bali or something no i don't i don't they don't strike me as the kind of people that are gonna make folks take a plane somewhere for a destination so, I, only- I think they're gonna they're going to go home. They're going to have like a classy, like what's a, what's a golf course in Ontario that like you need to sell high rises to be able to be a member at. Dude, I'm so poor. I don't, couldn't tell. <laughs> it, it, it's a place we've never heard of because yeah. we're plebs, but I, I have a feeling it's going to be like a country club wedding in Ontario. That That's what I'm putting my money but, on. Miles, I am not prepared for the, oh, Connor and his wife got married in Ontario. So you know what that means? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm not prepared for that. Imagine they just pulled an audible and said, fuck it, we're getting married downtown Edmonton. We're getting married at West Ed. (laughs) Receptions (laughs) in the Splash Park. We're staying at the Fantasyland tonight. That would be electric. (laughs) Consummating the marriage in a fire truck bed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Would like to see that. (laughs) Uh, I I have a couple quick ones, Nolan. Just yeah. just some okay. NHL stuff here. Uh, again, some things that you know an average hockey fan might not know. So, for for the folks at home, just you know, clear out your ear holes <laughs> and just make sure you're listening. Point. The, yeah, the There's just just a couple of quick quick hitters here we want to bring on. Um, did you know that William Nylander takes the TTC to games? I did see that. I've only seen that ad a million times. Yeah, I, I, crazy. He's just like us for real, for real. Uh, Chris Pronger, he wants you to bet with Sports Interaction, no free yeah, ads. But I, I didn't, I, I wasn't aware of that. I had no yeah, idea that no, that no Chris idea. Pronger was the front yeah. man of Sports Interaction. So uh, that's crazy. But um, yeah. Uh, and then Nolan, last thing, just a friendly <laughs> reminder that Mitch Marner grittied at his wedding. You're telling me, you're telling me that that. Janelle would fucking kill you if you gritted at your wedding. I wouldn't. I would. <laughs> I don't, tongue in cheek. I would kill myself if I gritted at my wedding. Happy I one just year, saw, by the way. 
no thank you thanks man i appreciate that um but no they had the um like um it's like best on best rogers and they have like a football player lacrosse player and mitch marner like competing (laughs) in different skill events or whatever and in in the promo video marner gritties like stop stop grittying mitch marner i know you're not listening to this but if you are or if anybody that's close to mitch marner is listening to this tell him to stop grittying he is too white it is too bad and it is too overdone for him i'm i'm over mitch marner grittying i'm fucking tired of it if he gritty like mike gusecki maybe it would be funny but like you can tell he's trying and you can tell he's spending time in front of the mirror like bip 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 should i should i keep doing the glasses or should i should i you know should i do the cold shooter like should i do ice in my veins for this one and she's like mitch come to bed it's 3 30 in the morning get your land rover stolen again Mitch, Mitch, you have an appointment for your for your fourth sleeve, Tad. <laughs> You're getting your nipples blacked out tomorrow, Mitch. Please come to bed. Uh, God, he's such a fuck boy. Uh, so yeah, th- those are just how, a few of the quick NHL. How things do you uh, uh, how do you, how do you feel about uh, Jake Wallman grittying after scoring an overtime goal? I think it's kind of funny seeing yeah. it on the ice is cool. Um, yeah. But just because Mitch it makes Martin, all the old so mad. <laughs> yeah. Because it, it fires up the, it fires up the boomers, but I, I guess I'm a boomer being fired up that Mitch Marner gritties, like whenever he has an opportunity, like it's just cause he's so lame. He is lame. Man. Like that's like, the he, issue. We wouldn't have a problem if anybody else did it. It's just cause Mitch Marner's so lame. I Did you see the PK Subban comment where he's like yeah when i played for hockey canada they told me that like i had to like tone it down i can't wait for mitch marner to play for team canada and gritty when they score like their 11th goal against (laughs) against austria yeah sorry czechia is they're gonna be good but yeah austria (laughs) mitch marner gritties in front of um I don't even know an Austrian hockey player but i think i think marco rossi's austrian yeah is he swiss well, let's find out. Yeah, it's worth a Google. But either way, Mitch Marner, uh, death taxes and Mitch Marner. Marco green. Rossi is Austrian. Austrian. There you go. Point, points for you. Thank you. So, yeah, Mitch Marner's going to gritty in front of Marco Rossi. Does he, oh, yeah, he does play for Austria at the World Championships. Thank God. Okay, we're good. <laughs> um, uh, oh, uh, one other quick thing I wanted to mention, too, is uh, did you um, – I don't know if you've seen, but, like, I think it, uh, Johnny Lazarus, who does stuff with, like, the NHL Network, uh, he posts like these like little like fifteen second clips of him skating around the ice with like certain players. One of them he posted with Leon, and Leon obviously mentioned that he likes Will Ferrell because what NHL player doesn't? But you know what his favorite Will Ferrell movie was, and I was actually kind of surprised by this, um, just because you typically get the same ones. Yeah. His favorite was Old School. Nice. Yeah, and I was like, yeah. that's a really that's a really good choice, Leon. Le- or, I- like Old School kills me. Old school is a great movie. So yeah. I, um, do you know like Complex? They do like sneaker shopping, and they yeah. pick. Yeah, have you seen the Will Ferrell one? Uh, I have not. No, it's worth a watch. Um, only reason that I'm going down this rabbit hole is because, like, obviously in sneaker shopping, they talk to the person that they're interviewing and they ask like funny stories growing up, like what shoes they like, what they don't. I'm a big sneaker guy, so mm-hmm. um, always get a kick out of them. But Will Ferrell. They were like, what's like the coolest pair of sneakers that you have in your collection? Cause like you're rich and old and like you probably have something crazy. And he's like, coolest pair I have is just this busted 
all green pair of Adidas shoes that I wore in the streaking scene in old school. That rocks. And that's his like that's the only prop that he's ever like kept from a movie, and it's the shoes that he streaked in in old school. <laughs> what so, a king. Shout out Will Ferrell. Shout out Leon. Uh, shout out uh, Craig Berube because he got fired. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Drew Bannister taking over yeah. his interim and straight man, up sounds like a Game of Thrones character. <laughs> the um the fallout of this has been nuclear. Like yeah. Jordan Cairo getting booed and basically crying in a post game interview where he's like, "Stop booing me!" Yeah, it's, TBF, it's... you kind of brought that on yourself when you yeah. did the whole like, "He's not my coach anymore. I don't have to talk about it." It's like, well, oh well, you know, that's uh, part get, of the job. It's been it's been fun to follow. Um interesting yeah. to see but uh yeah I, i'm still a Cairo guy i am too i'm also a big craig berube guy i think he's gonna mm-hmm. get picked up by a team and he's gonna oh, be awesome dude, i berube not... and woody being available yeah dj smith being available oh segue. Oh. <laughs> uh, dj smith got fired this is something that friend of the show uh Svenny g has been literally screaming for since november of last year uh, but jacques martin is in as the interim coach, and Daniel Alfredson is coming in as an assistant. Fun fact, Nolan, in grade two, I won a public speaking competition at Vibank School, and my speech was about Daniel Alfredson, born on December 11th in Gothenburg, Sweden. Uh, I don't even have to Google that. I know it because I practiced that speech 600 times, and it's ingrained in my brain. So big things coming in Ottawa. Man, I've delivered some really corny speeches in elementary school, but some really, really cringy people. <laughs> Me too, man, clearly. <laughs> Shout out Daniel Alfredson. Um, yeah, uh, like, I don't understand why they fired DJ Smith now. Like, you guys suck so hard, and you're, like, last in, in the Eastern Conference. Like, couldn't have done this a little bit sooner. But the Sens are delusional enough to think that they still have a fighting chance. I mean, they might get the new coach bump. Eh. Might happen for a little bit. <laughs> They're going to need a little bit more of a bump than a new coach <laughs> to uh, make, make something happen there. <laughs> Colin Jacques Martin, Senior Schneef. Boys, we are going on a pander <laughs> to try and make the playoffs, <laughs> led by Brady. Uh, speaking of playoffs, I don't know why I came out, came out with this one. Uh, Ethan bear looks like he's going to be signing with the capitals, uh, and caps fans are over the move or over the moon. Uh, miles, you, uh, had some, had some feedback from, from some cap fan caps fans that were excited about, uh, about a potential Ethan bear signing. I mean, we, we did, we got good feedback, uh, again, in the secret society of a couple caps fans that were, uh, picking the brain of, oh, yeah, I forgot of, I was of, in that chat. So. Yeah, no, it's, it's fine. He's like, don't care. I mean, if Fuck I had to if I, I just 60, made a big trade today. If I had sixty-four points and was in ninth in my own uh, in my own fantasy league, I'd I'd be I'd be trying to forget too. Pretty sure I have sixty-nine. Thank you very much. That's a that was a shot either way. It was nice. Uh, <laughs> and I made a blockbuster trade today. I don't see anybody else making blockbuster trades. Mark Stone for Stamkos. Uh, blockbuster. Ki- kind of. Did you see my trade I put through today? I did. Yeah, I'm not commenting on it. Are not you re- saying that I I'm a piece of shit for what I did? No, I don't think you're a piece. I think that both teams um, got what they needed. I don't know. Oh, okay. Nick, Nick's not stupid. I know he's not. So, he's, I know he, he definitely probably fleeced me, but I really wanted the player that he sent me. So the trade for for those who enjoy fantasy hockey, um, you gave up 
Uh, so I Tristan gave up Jari, Par- no, Artemi I ga- Panarin. I gave up Artemi Panarin, I- Igor Shosturkin, and Tyson Berry. Four. And in, and in turn, I got Zach Hyman, Devon, or Devon Taves, and Tristan Jari. So that's honestly like a very perfect trade for the two of you guys because NYR Nick gets two Rangers. Um, you get the guy that you simp over, Devon Taves, and Zachary Martin Hyman. So, mm-hmm. I mean, simp, 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 simp. Yeah, um, good for the he boys. Was, I had to pay a little bit of a premium because he obviously didn't want to lose uh, a player from his uh, from his uh, sons of Israel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I was gonna I was gonna sign like Mark Friedman and then send him that way. I was like, sign what if I him? I was like, what if? Well, yeah, because Mark Friedman was a free agent. Uh, sign was, him. Sign him and then trade him. Pick up, dude. You're a you're a fantasy hockey GM, not fucking Ken Holland. Well, <laughs> too bad. I'm signing him. Um, and then I was like. Do I try and throw a massive trade for one of the Hughes brothers? And then I'm like, yeah, no, I'm just going to get crushed on that one. Oh, boy. So yeah. He, sh- shout out kosher hot dogs. Yeah. Fucking They're knocking at the door. Dick. We're supposed to be talking about Ethan Bear. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, Ethan Bear. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of Oilers fans that are, are very vocal about wanting to bring Ethan Bear back. And I get it, but... I think the ship has sailed for one. I don't think Ethan Bear would ever want to come back to Edmonton, which is which is fair. I totally see where he's coming from. And as much as the numbers love Ethan Bear, um, I just think that there's just a lot that just doesn't really work there. And I, I loved Ethan Bear. I really did. I was heartbroken when he got traded. Um, I still am heartbroken to this day. I wanted I wanted him to work out. And I feel like if he was kept on board, I feel like he'd be a much better player than he is now. And that's just that's just the situation. But I just think that there's been too much of a too much of a crack in the foundation there. And I just I I want the best for Ethan Bear. I hope he signs a big ticket, and I hope he's awesome. And I hope you know the Capitals are able to absolutely crush it with him, assuming they eventually do sign him. Um, I think they did. I think he got two years. I don't think I don't think he actually got signed yet. I thought that they were talking two years, but that he actually hasn't. Yeah, he still hasn't been signed yet. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, I know we got a unique perspective there too, um, from you know in the in the secret society, having obviously lots of Oilers fans, but also having a Canucks fan and four by Alex, yeah. who uh, had a lot of sweet things to say about him because he played quite well for the Canucks last year and um, looked you know made Oliver Ekman Larson actually look like an NHL defenseman. So shout out! I don't know how he's doing in Florida, so maybe I shouldn't be such a prick, but uh, yeah, I sick mean in Florida. Hope, hoping the best for Ethan Bear, and I mean, if he does get his two years in Washington, I think that'll be a good place for him. It'll be a good city. Uh, new dad, newly married. Uh, he's starting his life, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, turns it into a long career in the NHL because we do want the best for him. Good yeah. Sask boy, uh, very good, uh, you know, advocate for the First Nations community that he's from, Ochapaways, and just Saskatchewan in general. He, he brings a lot of passion and a lot of, you know, optimism um, for you know group uh, a marginalized group of people in western canada and across all of north america so we do want a lot of, of good stuff there for, for ethan bear and um caps fans you know be good to him and yeah, cheer take him care on of him yeah he's a good boy yeah he's great love ethan bear can't wait to see him succeed so after that mm-hmm. view of liberalism from me nolan let's <laughs> let's get back to what we do best and that's talking shit um 
do a little bit of an NHL roundup here. It's been a little bit of a while, a while since we've talked about a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Um, Nolan, do we owe the Winnipeg Jets an apology? Because they're playing pretty good. Pardon the plain pun, but they're flying high. Um, I don't know quite yet. I don't know quite yet. Too soon to tell if you're if you're I, on I the, feel, if you're on like the Jets train. Yeah, I feel like it's a little too early to tell. Jets uh, are 18, 9, and 2. Mm-hmm. Um, good for second in the central. They're mm-hmm. tied, but they've got the tiebreaker against your favorite team, the Dallas Stars. Mm-hmm. The central overall, man, is just kind of a funny, funny con or division to look at. You got the Avs, Jets, Stars, Preds, Yotes, Blues, Wild, and Blackhawks. So obviously the Wild have not played up to snuff. They're a lot better team than than they are at they're the moment. Seven and three in their last ten. Right. So they're heating up. Blues, they're on a downward trend too, but kind of picking things up. You'll see what happens maybe now that Barube is gone. Yotes are still dangerous. Preds are playing a lot better than anybody gave them credit for. Um, stars can be a hell of a lot better. Uh, so I, I agree. I think the Jets are maybe just hot at the moment, but are going to have some really good teams nipping at their heels. Uh, I th- I do think that this central division is going to figure itself out. And when it does, I don't think the Jets are still going to be second in that division. Yeah. the Once again, I know that you bring this back to the Oilers. Like they got to figure their shit out, man. They just, they just do like, it's you. <sighs> 27 points and you're five points away from a playoff spot like the central is good right now um i do think that the predators are going to fall apart uc saros is holding them up right now like uc saros is going on a bender right now he's been sick um i still think it might be a year too early for the yotes i know that i pegged them to be in a wild card position but i just don't quite know that makes Connor, sense. Connor Ingram's playing really well. Um, yeah, I, th- I think they they could be sneaky. So yeah, we'll see we'll see how the central shakes out. Yeah, um, we want to take a quick look here at the Metro as well because the Philadelphia Flyers, again, flying high. We look at the Metro. We've got the Rangers, Flyers, Islanders, Hurricanes, Caps, Devs, Penguins, and Jackets. Same thing here with the Flyers. They're they're playing good right now, um, for lack of a better term. A lot of no-name guys that are kind of bumping them up here. Young guys are playing out of their minds. Tort's doing tort stuff. He's got them dialed in. Um, but the Canes in four, the Devs in six, and the Pens in seven, like there's a lot of good teams in this division that are going to pick up their shit. And when they do, that's going to, I think propel the the Flyers back to reality and put them think, where they should be. I think the Penguins are going to pop off and they're going to be sick. Uh, I think they're going to get their shit together, man. N- never bet against Sidney Crosby. Yeah, yeah. It, like and, they're not to sound like too much of a nerd and go back to the underlying numbers, but like their numbers at five on five are spectacular. They they just haven't figured out their power play. Yeah, they figure that I, out, they're going to be flying. I know the Devs lost Dougie Hamilton. I think he's out for the year, but I mean, still a team that's loaded with talent. Deep. Once they once yeah. they wake up, uh, and Sleepy Hurricanes too, having some goaltending issues. I mean, they've lost um, um, Anderson, I think, for the year or for a good portion of it. So they're playing with couple couple no name guys at the moment. But I mean, once they wake up, um, Flyers, you've got to look out a little bit too. We'll do a quick glance at the Atlantic here as well. Bruins, um, a 
just above and beyond playing crazy again. Uh, regular season darlings. They're followed by the Maple Leafs, the Panthers, the Red Wings, the Lightning, the Habs, the Sabres, and the Sens. Sabres have obviously had some well-documented injury trouble, but they're getting guys back. Tage Thompson's back. Uh, Alex Tuck looks like he's back in the lineup more consistently as well. Um, I mean, Tampa Bay, obviously, you got to be worried about them. So you got two really good teams that are kind of middling at the moment. Um, when they wake up again, same thing, you're going to see uh, a jolt. I think that might bring the Red Wings back down to reality, kind of put them back where they're supposed to be. But Patrick Kane, he's looked pretty good joining the Red Wings. No, has he? Uh, huh? They've they've they're like, have, haven't they? Yeah, they they're like one and four in their games with him in the lineup. Like, well, he scored he scored a sick goal. He did score a sick goal. I but I I'm still very much on the on board with the Patrick Kane is not that good well, anymore. Well, I mean, you got like I I think I don't think that that affects the the argument here that the Lightning and Sabers are two good teams that are going to be coming yeah. for them in that fourth spot yeah. right so i think yeah vassy's been weird because he obviously like stonewalled the oilers and then he got completely destroyed by the flames like two nights later yeah and then got yanked against the stars too yeah. um recently so tampa uh they got got a few things to figure out there and then there's the whole steven stamco situation if they're gonna move on from him before the deadline if they're gonna resign him what the fuck's gonna happen there so lots of chess pieces to move still in the atlantic uh, and then we take a look at the home division. We look at the Pacific. Um, Golden Knights, again, playing very, very good. Stanley Cup champions not to be fucked with. Vancouver, they're still riding high on their PDO bender or excellence season, whatever you want to call it. They're still doing Canuck stuff. Kings on the fourth nasty. line. <laughs> Kings look nasty. They look like a certified good team. Cam Tal- Talbot's playing really, really good. Um, Calgary Flames, Seattle Kraken, Edmonton Oilers. Mighty Ducks of Anaheim and the San Jose Sharks. So this division, I mean, we talk a lot about the Oilers. Still a lot of movement that could happen uh, from that six to four portion of the division. I think the Ducks and Sharks are kind of what they are, but uh, a lot of chess pieces still to move in the Pacific. I'm really scared of the Kings. Oh, the Kings are gross. Good gross. Yeah, and the best part about this is that... uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois has been a complete lemon. Okay, that's what I was literally just looking at their stats to see how he's been doing. I'm so happy to hear that he's playing like shit. Yeah, he sucks. He's been he's been bad for them. So 13 12 points in 27 games. Yeah, sick. Eight and a half million dollars. That's a for, fucking swish if I've ever heard one. For one power play point. Yeah. Shucks. It's gonna be sick when you guys lose Quentin Byfield because you have to pay him eight and a half million dollars. G. Willikers, who would have yeah. thought that Pierre Luc Dubois wasn't going to be what you thought he was? Whoopsie Daisy! I but they're, yeah, but I they're still what good. My take was so. I think I, I think you and I both said that that the that the Jets absolutely won that trade. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, did, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure, yeah. for yeah. sure. So yeah. Nolan, no, we did okay. we did a snapshot of the NHL on this day, uh, December eighteenth. Here's the question. Um, now that we have a little bit of games under our belt, now that we've seen a little bit of this uh, thing shake out, Nolan, who is the biggest fraud in the NHL? And fraud in this situation can be good and bad because I've included some teams that we've talked about here uh, as not playing up to snuff. So that is fraudulent behavior as well because they, they can wake up. So the teams that I have that you can pick outside of the box, but just the teams that I've listed, is it the Jets? Is it the Canucks? 
Is it the Flyers? Is it the Islanders? The Panthers? And then on the other side, is it the Sabres, the Devils, the Penguins, the Oilers? Who would you say is the biggest fraud right now in the league? I don't want to bring, like, I don't want to get old takes exposed, but I really do believe the Oilers are a fraud in the fact that they are a much better team. Like, they are, they have looked much different under Chris Knobloch and Paul Coffey. This team, I firmly believe, has the juice to go on a, to go on a run here. Um, I firmly believe that the Canucks are not nearly as good as we think, as they have played thus far. Once again, I could be wrong with this. Um, and you know me. I'm all aboard the Detroit Red Wings are not as good as everybody thinks card. Hey, so big fraud uh, to me. I like it. I love it. I want some more of it. Uh, I don't disagree with anything you said. I think I'm going to, and again, old takes exposed, uh, but I'm I'm going to label the Flyers. I don't think that that's a crazy take either. Oh, yeah, no. I, 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 see, I see that coming back yeah. to reality. It's funny, you know, being an Eagles fan and seeing um, just like the Philly sports and how everybody likes to, you know, jump on each other's bandwagon. Like they're always reposting Sixers stuff and Flyers mm-hmm. stuff. So um, it's nice to see how the city supports its teams, but I'm just waiting for the Flyers' inevitable downfall. Sixers are so sick right now. It's yeah, Sixers are hot. Tyrese Maxey's been unbelievable. Tyrese Maxey is nice with it. Yeah, 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 he's been very good. I, I, as a Clippers fan, I was very nervous about James Harden, and I was proven correct for my first like eight games. But uh, they are on a bit of a bit of a heater themselves right now, so that's that's great to see. Um, um yeah. Anyways. Not uh, not James Harden, but uh, speaking of, you know, in the terms of Maxi, nice guy, uh, young guys who are nice with it. Team Canada's World Junior Team Ooh, was announced. One. Yes, thank you. Uh, and it's got four SAS connections. There's two Moose Jaw Warriors and two Saskatoon Blades that are going to be joining the team. Um, very excited always to watch the World Juniors there in Sweden this year. So get ready to stay up late and wake up early if you want to check out all of these games. Um, it's very nasty to think that, uh, and I'm going to name some players here, Connor Bedard, Adam Fantilli, Shane Wright, Kevin Kurchinski, Matthew Poitres or Poitre and Poitras and Zach Benson are all still world junior eligible, but not playing because they are mainstays in the NHL. Poitras just got released today. Oh shoot. Did he? World juniors. Yeah. Yep. Got just today, man. Like got cut. No, like he just like he just got re- he just got um let or he just got allowed by the by the Bruins to go play with them. Oh, well, hey, that'll be that'll be huge for them because I know uh, Team Canada they left open a roster spot. They I think they can carry twenty three and they put twenty two, yeah. and they were talking about who they were going to bring back or whatever. So clearly Bedard. they hard. <laughs> so clearly they had a crystal ball there, knowing that MP was going to be coming back from Boston. So. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch. It's always fun to watch, but uh, Team Canada, obviously homers, and looking forward to seeing what they can do this year and and hopefully uh, win another gold. Yeah, good stuff, man. Exciting. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, good stuff. Yeah, I I don't know if I'll if I'll watch World Juniors as much this year. I just I feel like I watch it like kind of on and off with it. Last year, you obviously wanted to watch for like the Bedard show, but um, I don't know. I might watch it this year. We'll see. It'll yeah, be nice. It'll it'll be nice just given how the holidays fall this year. Yeah. Like we get we get Boxing Day and then uh obviously like New Year's Eve and New Year's New Year's Eve and New Year's Day being a Saturday and a Monday or Sunday and a Monday 
um, is going to give you a lot of time off there to watch, uh, watch games and, you know, not care about what time you wake up. So hopefully it's a good draw. Uh, I know a friend of the show, uh, Ben Caps fan, he's living in Sweden. So he's planning on going to watch some games and he's going to be right in the thick of it. So if you see a, uh, if you see a tall, skinny guy with a sleeve tattoo that looks like he's Swedish, but he's wearing a Canadian jersey, that's that's probably Ben, and uh, he's probably deep in the beers at that point. So shout out to him, and and uh, hopefully he's got a lot of fun planned uh, to take in those games. Shout out to Swedish Ben. Shout out to Swedish Ben. Nolan, we've got a big week of Oilers hockey coming up. The homestand is over. The win streak is over, and they are going on the road playing against the Islanders on December 19th, those pesky devils again on December 21st, the Rangers on the 22nd. And depending on when we record uh, post holiday season, they've got the sharks on December 28th. Are we doing predictions? No. Did we cap predictions? I think, I think we, I think we should just cool it on the predictions. Cause last time we didn't do predictions and what did they do? Good stuff. Yeah, exactly. So, We're just going to uh, say, Good luck, guys. Good luck, we guys. Hope, we hope you work hard out there. Take lots of pictures on your trip and have some fun playing with each other. Have some good meals and just enjoy each other's camaraderie and get some fucking W's while you're out there. This you know? team needs a road trip bad. So road I, think it, I think it couldn't have come at a better time. So it's good to see. Man, the things I would do for this team to be in a playoff position by Christmas. That would it's be unlikely, but oh i would love it so much it would be very very nice and we hope that that is what is in santa's sack and that is some oilers wins Mm -hmm. is there anything else you'd like to say in closing or should we wrap this put a bow on this get some tape some nice wrapping paper and stick it under the tree um just want to say uh merry christmas everybody happy holidays happy new year um happy hanukkah uh for those who celebrate um yeah just Wish everybody a warm, cozy, and safe holiday uh, to close off 2023. So, but we'll see you before the new year. Did I say happy new year? I probably didn't. I didn't mean to. We'll 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 see you before then. But, um, yeah, Miles. Take Until her then, we are going to enjoy some Christmas liquor with our friends and family because, as Ricky says in Trailer Park Boys, the real meaning of Christmas is getting drunk and stoned with your family. You I don't know if that's what you do, but um, if you do enjoy responsibly have some fun but thank you for taking time out of your day to sit with us here for the uh this 10th episode of season four of the one for one podcast we had a blast we hope you did too we're hoping that the oilers have something special for us but as always be safe look out for owls and go oilers go go oilers go